Chapter 3 Sighing, Arietti put away her diary and went into the kitchen. She took the onion ring from Homily and slung it lightly round her shoulders while she forged for a piece of razor blade. Really, Arietti, exclaimed Homily, not on your clean jersey. Do you want to smell like a bit bucket? Here, take the scissor. Arietti stepped through the onion ring as though it were a child's hoop and began to chop it into segments. Your father's late, muttered Homily again, and it's all my fault, as you might say. Oh dear, oh dear, I wish I hadn't. Hadn't what? asked Arietti, her eyes watering. She sniffed loudly and longed to rub her nose on her sleeve. Homily pushed back a thin lock of hair with a worried hand. She stared at Arietti absently. It's that teacup you broke, she said. But that was days ago, began Arietti, blinking her eyelids, and she sniffed again. I know, I know, it's not you, it's me. It's not the breaking that matters, it's what I said to your father. What did you say to him? Well, I just said, there's the rest of the service, I said, up there, where it always was, in the corner cupboard in the schoolroom. I don't see anything bad in that, said Arietti, as one by one she dropped the pieces of onion into the soup. But it's a high cupboard, exclaimed Homily. You have to get up by the curtain, and your father at his age... She sat down suddenly on the metal-topped champagne cork. Oh, Arietti, I wish I'd never mentioned it. Don't worry, said Arietti. Papa knows what he can do. She pulled a rubber scent bottle cork out of the hole in the hot water pipe and let a trickle of scalding drops fall into the tin lid of an aspirin bottle. She added cold and began to wash her hands. Maybe, said Homily, but I went on about it so. What's a teacup? Your Uncle Hendry never drank a thing that wasn't out of a common acorn cup and he lived to a ripe old age and had the strength to emigrate. My mother's family never had nothing but a little bone thimble, which they shared around. But it's once you've had a teacup, if you see what I mean. Yes, said Arietti, drying her hands on the roller towel made out of surgical bandage. It's that curtain, cried Homily. He can't climb a curtain at his age, not by the bobbles. With his pin he could, said Arietti. His pin! I led him into that one too. Take a hat pin, I told him, and a tie, a bit, of name tape to the head, and pull yourself upstairs. It was to borrow the emerald watch from her bedroom for me to time the cooking. Homily's voice began to tremble. Your mother's a wicked woman, Arietti. Wicked and selfish. That's what she is. You know what, exclaimed Arietti suddenly. Homily brushed away a tear. No, she said wantly. What? I could climb a curtain. Homily rose up. Arietti, you dare stand there in cold blood and say a thing like that. But I could, I could, I could borrow. I know I could. Oh, gasped Homily. Oh, you wicked heaven girl. How could you speak so? And she crumpled up again 
on the cork stool. So it's come to this, she said. Now, mother, please, begged Arietty. Now, don't take on. But don't you see, Arietty, gasped Tommy. She stared down at the table at a loss for words, and then, at last, she raised a haggard face. My poor child, she said, don't speak like that of borrowing. You don't know, and thank goodness you never will know. She dropped her voice to a fearful whisper. What it's like upstairs? Arietty was silent. What is it like? she asked after a moment. Homily wiped her face on her apron and smoothed back her hair. Your uncle Hendry, she began, Eglatina's father. And then she paused. Listen, she said. What's that? Echoing on the wood was a faint vibration, the sound of a distant click. Your father, exclaimed Homily. Oh, look at me, where's the comb? They had a comb, a little silver 18th century eyebrow comb, from the cabinet in the drawing room upstairs. Homily ran it through her hair and rinsed her poor red eyes, and when Pod came in, she was smiling and smoothing down her apron.